the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Let's try that again. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts and fanatics, Daniel Posey, and joining me to my left, another fanatic, Drew Douglas. The ultimate fanatic. The ultimate fanatic. I would say that it may be Devin Sawa, but I just want to come claim, we both do, right at the start of this podcast episode, you know, it's um, you. You may hear something really strange in the background. We just have Devin Sawa here with us, and we decided that we were going to uh, bring him here with us, just like how Moose invaded his home. But we're flipping it. We're not going to his house. We're just bringing him to our home, more we just or less. Kind of take him everywhere we go. Yeah. What's what do you remember? Because. In 1994, the world was introduced to Devin Sawa with Little Giants, a movie that as a kid I was obsessed with. And he was in Casper. Right. Night of the Twisters, which we watched in school growing up pretty much every year. That was with one of the Dukes of Hazzard, right? It was, yeah. And then he was... Schneider? Yeah. John Schneider. And he was in Smallville. Smallville. And I most remember him for his teen roles whenever he started... He seemed like he was kind of a rising star, almost like the next version of kind of like a Macaulay Culkin. Would you say a little bit like that? Because he, I mean, he started rising up, but I remember him from Final Destination and Idle Hands. Oh, sure. Love Idle Hands. I've never seen it. Right before we started recording, I mentioned that I have, I just haven't seen that movie, but I've always wanted to. It looks crazy. It looks zany. Basically, since Final Destination... In the year 2000, I haven't really seen him, but he just worked with Stallone in Escape Plan 3. And then, lo and behold, he shows up in this masterpiece known as The Fanatic. Let me ask you, because we'll be talking about this later on in this episode, a little more in detail. But who do you think you would rather stalk based on their film career? John Travolta or Devin Sawa? Devin S. Ooh. After this movie, I may be a Sawa convert. I just love just how wild it is. But we've seen a lot of John Travolta throughout the years. And boy, film fans, are you in for a treat? Because as Drew said, we're covering Fred Dirt's masterpiece, The Fanatic, (laughs) recently released. His third film. And this didn't really make any splash at all at the box office. It's really sad. It pisses me off. It's it's really sad that there's 
very little demand for this because I really think this film could be a film that stays in the archives of basically it could just go to the Library of Congress and it'll stay there and live forever. I legit think this is the kind of movie that could change the world. Especially through the performance of Devin Sawa. <laughs> Devin Sawa is, is, we'll get into it, but he's just, <laughs> I mean, there's only one person to talk about and it's Johnny T. And we will definitely dive into that. So on this episode, we'll cover The Fanatic. We will also get into kind of a new game. We're, we're going to make some predictions for next weekend. Yeah, we have a lot of games on this show that, you know, we kind of start and other people steal. It is. And we're kind of doing that again. It's the quality check exclusive. <laughs> no one's done this before. It's brand new. And we can't wait to play this game toward the end of this show. Just stick around and hopefully you will also have seen The Fanatic. So you can enjoy this because we are getting right into spoilers with this film. I don't think I can hold out any longer. Let's talk about The Fanatic. Is Hunter Dunbar here tonight? That's enough. Let I need to get him. an autograph. Don't let him do this to me. I'm a fan. I'm a number one fan. Is it difficult to find famous people's houses? I use my Star Map app. You have to be careful. I don't want you to be accused of stalking. Hey, you can't just come to my private residence looking for me. Listen, pal, I don't know how you found me, but I don't ever want to see you in this neighborhood again. Do you know what this movie's about? Loosely. It's as simple as this. <laughs> A man... I didn't write this down. A man be, is fixated on a Hollywood actor, and he stalks him. He turns into a crazed fanatic. I mean, he was... Was he crazed to begin with? I don't know. That's so, not really what... Something pushes him over the edge. I don't think he's a crazed fanatic. He's just a huge fan. And and that this is really interesting because I've read several... And it's actually maybe scary how much I've read about this film leading up to this recording... But John Travolta's character, John Travolta plays Moose, and it is pretty much an offensive character. I mean, I'm really surprised there hasn't been a lot of backlash over this, but... I think the problem is no one's seen this movie. John Travolta, speaking of that, he's been making appearances on the Today Show, making his rounds. Do you think people are just confused about, oh, there's John Travolta, what is he up to? It's hard to find. Good point, yeah. Because it's basically just a straight to VOD. If we want to spoil the box office take, and I'm being completely serious, it has made only over $3,000, about 3200 And I honestly think you and I could sit down, crack out a movie, and it could make more money than that. This podcast has already made more than that. We just haven't seen any of it. <laughs> <laughs> because Devin Sawa's taken... Moon, yeah, the money's going somewhere, not in our pockets. Devin Sawa, hey! Shut up! It's, it's because of him. I love Devin. I love you. I don't want to hear you again. He's I'm getting being out. completely serious. He's getting way too out of control back there. <laughs> Are you done? Are you done? Uh, okay, I think so. Man, I'm sick of Casper already. This this may this may be a little rough for us. He just hey, you want to hear some biscuit? Keep rolling, 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 r
It's a good song, though. I have to say that was probably my favorite song growing up. I told you a couple weeks ago, and this was not a joke. I worked out to Limp Biscuit the other day. Oh, did that make you get your pump on even harder? We should say this movie is directed by Fred Durst, the famed lead man, lead front man <laughs> for the 2000s, and they're still together. New metal band Limp Biscuit. How they? When was the last time they put out something new? It's been a few years, right? It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. They've just been covering their not, not a Limp Biscuit song. It's a Stain song. I saw them on tour on the Family Values tour. I watched MTV's TRL every day because they were on there. I was a genuine fan in like junior high and high school. I speaking of fans, it's funny that Fred said. The main inspiration behind this film is that it's someone who was stalking them on tour and they just would not leave them alone. And that is the basis of Moose. And that's pretty much it. What else can you say about this movie and the behind the scenes of it? Because I'm just fascinated when a movie like this gets made. It looks great. Yeah, it's all right. Fred Durst directed it. It was written by Fred Durst and a man named Dave Beekerman? I think that's the pseudonym for uh, Dave Batista. Story by Fred Durst. It stars John Travolta as Moose, Devin Sawa as Hunter Dunbar, Ooh. a name that you will hear in the movie 3,000 times. Mm-hmm. And then that's basically it. There's a young girl in the movie. I've never seen her before. Anna Golja? Question mark? I don't know. What was her name? I can't even remember it. I just know her as the paparazzi lady. That's all. Yeah, she played Leah. Okay, yeah. Who was like Moose's pseudo caretaker slash friend? Slash possible love interest? I've never Uh, really understood. I didn't get that. I was worried they were going to do that. Yeah, and still though, I'm kind of confused. I mean, there was never any insinuation that that was a possibility, but wow. This is a horror thriller. That came out on August 30th in a couple theaters on VOD, I think a week later. That's how we saw it Mm because it didn't come here. And I'm going to be honest with you. When that hit VOD. You got it right away. It was like Christmas morning. The The night that I watched it after work, I was so excited and ecstatic. I worked later. I ended up putting that on. And I ended up kicking back. And I just had the time of my life. It is a swift 88 minutes long, (laughs) which is one of the greatest things I could ever ask for. Rotten Tomatoes score. You know what the critics gave this. 53 reviews. Keep in mind, not a lot. 2%. 19%. Wow, that's much higher. One interesting note. So That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. One thing we, we should talk about is, again, on Rotten Tomatoes. You have to verify that you saw a movie to rate it mm-hmm. and if you're an audience member. Do you know what the audience score is for The Fanatic? Interesting. I, do, I haven't looked, but I'm curious. Is it like, I'll say 45. There is no score. Oh! <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost as if they made this movie just for you and I. You know, when Gotti, the John Travolta movie that was produced by MoviePass, when that came out, a lot of people said that Movie Pass and the brains behind that operation ended up creating a lot of fake accounts and they decided to try to get the movie score up higher than what it actually was meant to be. 
and they tried that on Rotten Tomatoes and even on MoviePass, they tried to get that rating up and a lot of people were like, this seems like a conspiracy. One good thing about that was the movie got slammed so bad by critics that the movie pass like marketing was basically don't let them tell you that this is bad. See it for yourself. It literally turned into like this fake news thing, which is kind of a clever bit. And that was like all over the marketing. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It is on Amazon Prime. Not going to lie. I went to the theaters to see that. I'm assuming the fanatic again, if you haven't seen this movie, Stop listening right now and find it on VOD. It's worth either buying or renting because it's a freaking masterpiece. It's a movie that will likely be something that you'll think about on and off throughout your day for a very long time. Maybe seriously until your life ends. Have you thought about this movie very much since? Yes, I really have. I've thought about it a lot, which kind of scares me. I have in a I, it doesn't scare me. I love it. So the nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I guess the big question, and we've kind of hinted at, it, is the score warranted? Yay or nay? Hmm. Because I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say yes and no. Yeah, I was going to say it's a mix of both because I feel like a film like this is deserving to be in a class of its own. It's like, is the movie quote unquote good? No, not really. <laughs> But it's a swift 80 minutes. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Very entertaining. I, I, it's one of those that I was in disbelief I was actually watching something. Yeah, I felt that the moment we meet Moose, which is right at the beginning, he's the main character, I, I felt like I was watching basically a candid camera movie where everyone <laughs> was in on the joke but Travolta and they were like, what can we get Travolta to do? And they got him to do this crazy character. And everyone else everyone else in this movie plays it straight. Yeah. Travolta's the only one out there in his own <laughs> world. <laughs> and for it took me probably 10 minutes to really adjust to Moose. And I was like, I don't know if I should like this. I've got one thing to say. I can't talk long. I got to go poop. Hey, Aaron. Chocolate Moose. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. Yeah, it's one of the first lines of dialogue. He's talking about poop. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's get into, I guess, what the worst stuff is about this movie. Sure. I think the big problem with this movie, and there's not a lot, because this is a masterpiece, uh, it has nothing new to say. Yeah. It is basically, I mean, it's so similar to several other movies, and it just never does anything to elevate the content I said that it's a lot like a rehash of the fan. And what was there was another movie that it's you very said very much it's like, like Misery? Yeah. I guess you could argue Travolta is like a whole other level of bad. <laughs> but I actually don't think so. Here you know, it's I won't say what's on my mind now, but when we get into just talking about his performance, I feel like this has been coming for a while and we have all seen it. it's been in front of us and there is one moment in time that points to this happening you talk about travolta later. losing his mind basically just to a performance like this because nick cage you could he's hit he hit this point a long time ago i don't know is travolta's career that dead that he's taking roles like this because hmm. I would I would say yes at this point. I mean, here's the thing, though. Travolta has starred in so many, it's basically direct to films. 
it's VOD or movies I've never even heard of. And they're like Netflix films, but it's even like third tier Netflix or streaming films like Trading Paint was one of those films. <laughs> What's where he, that? Yeah. And it was just him as a, f- as a as a uh, racer, like a NASCAR driver. Or, and yeah, we I just, saw that on iTunes. I just could not believe that. Like, then that poster popped up on Rotten Tomatoes, and I just happened to see that. I'm like, what is this well, movie? He just did one, too, where he's, like, dr- running drugs on a boat or something. Yeah. Whatever that is. What is the, the last good Travolta movie? I think that's a big question we have to answer. This is really hard for me, and i got to be up front. I'm not a big Travolta fan. Yeah, I am, I'm the same way. I, I want to say that I dislike him. It's just that... There are some actors and actresses that you really cling to. He's not been someone who I'm waiting for his next release. Like, if I hear Clint Eastwood's working on a new movie, can't wait to see what it is. Well, yeah, I have plenty of those, too. Yeah. But has never been that, even sadly, in his heyday. Yeah, sadly, no. I could argue maybe The Thin Red Line in 1998, but that really isn't a Travolta movie. It's mm-hmm. very Malick, mm-hmm. a lot of cast, big cast. It's an ensemble. Very ensemble. A lot of cutting in that movie in terms of what they cut. I don't even remember him being in there. I just, it's on his filmography. I didn't even realize he was in that. And I haven't seen that film, but. Any, what? You've never seen it? No. I want to. There are actually a lot of Malik films I'd, I'd love to see. He's awesome. I, it seriously might be Face Off in 97 or honestly dating all the way back 94 Pulp Fiction. I went with Face Off and. But that, I don't remember that for, I guess he is pretty, he's sleazy in that movie. Uh, Nick Cage is wacky in that movie. Nick Cage is off the charts. And this is the moment in time that I was talking about just a few seconds ago that we got a precursor. is foreshadowing what will happen in John Travolta's career later in his life. I think Face Off is that movie. So 20 years ago, he yes. was already setting this up? Yes. In terms of we will see him give us multiple, not just a performance, but multiple multiple performances because around the same time we end up getting Broken Arrow. Mm, we got it. a lot of those movies where he is setting that stage that he loves some camp. But it's not just that, but he will end up being this more or less cinema brother and acting terms to Nick Cage. I think now they go hand in hand and I would see, love, you know, they're remaking Face Off. I'd love for them to remake it with both of those guys again. Aren't they doing it as a comedy? Oh. Isn't that what they're doing? I actually, I don't know. I just heard that. I think it's Paramount, right? Who And they're remaking it? Just, I don't even know. The, the Travolta period I remember most was around 94 to 98. 94, we got Pulp Fiction. 95, now he's done a lot in these years, but mm-hmm. these are the ones that stand out to me. As a, as a child growing up, and paying attention to what was out every week. 94, we got Pulp Fiction. 95, Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. 96, Michael, where he's the angel. Yep. 96, Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Saw that with my grandma in the theater. 97, Face Off. 98, The Thin Red Line. 98, Primary Colors. This is the era of Travolta I remember most. And obviously, look who's talking. Yep. Three of those. What's the last good Travolta performance? Performance? I'm going to have to go with Pulp Fiction. And here is why, uh, you know, Face Off is one of those, like, good, bad movies. Pulp Fiction is an all-around great movie, but I feel like a role that we will remember Travolta as in the last 
role would be from Pulp Fiction. Him as Vince Vega. And we have the meme of him just looking around. Yeah. It's still around today. I said Pulp 2. And the other one, I'm being serious. Look who's talking, 1989. <laughs> and those were a lot of fun. I loved him in that. Those movies I can remember as a kid, even now. And I'd love to return to those. But I think ultimately his career topper will be Grease. But I think Pulp Fiction... Grease and Pulp, yeah. Yeah. I think with Pulp, that will be the the film that a lot of people will remember years, years down the road. And, um, well, I guess that in Grease. But still, though, it's just... It's it's crazy because I whenever I was digging, I was shocked. I thought he's been in so many movies, but he shares so many similarities with Nick Cage in terms of some of his choices and just the movies that he's been in. Like I think that's the point is he's done so much work, but for me personally, not a lot of it's very good. This is the first time in a long time that I could say that I was just completely fascinated by what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'll argue that he's actually really good in this movie. So you think that this performance is one of his best? <laughs> it's hard to say that because the issue is he's so wacky in this that it's hard to take seriously. So I'm going to say the the best thing in this movie is Travolta goes all in. He, mm-hmm. he goes all in on this one. Yeah. Now, we could probably spend three hours talking about whether or not um, the obviously on the spectrum performance sure. is offensive or not. Yeah, that's on. That's a whole another discussion. Did we need? To, because he's clearly got something. He has all these ticks. Yeah, he's well, on the spectrum. I would say one is that necessary, and two is it offensive? Well, the thing too, and I talked to you about this. You have that, and there is another theory that someone had said on and in a forum, they were just talking about how he shows characteristics of someone who has brain damage. I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't know anything that's a about good, that. That's a good idea, but he doesn't have, they don't do anything to either set that up or his, like they could have had, maybe I missed it. He could have had um, head scars or something to show that something was wrong. Well, that's someone had pointed out that he has like the way that his hair is cut around his ears it's really thin and shaved to it's like literally feathered in from skin or hair to skin. And that is something that is due to a scar that's around almost like due to surgery that the doctors have performed. I didn't notice any scars, though. That's never pointed out, as you said. If they were going to take that direction, then they should have done that. But man, I mean, he's just like a simple man. Yeah. I don't know how he affords like an apartment. There's so many questions, though. It's like he he works as like. On the on the sidewalk, trying to <laughs> drum up change by he plays like an old English patrolman or something, which leads to my favorite phrase of all time that I've heard in any film this year. It's one word: poppycock. poppycock. I don't know how you haven't heard of poppycock yet. I am surprised, but we are. How's he paying rent? And that's I doing mean, what he's doing. He's got to be on disability. The thing. Well, that's a good point, but we are introduced to him dressing up as this British officer, and he's looking in this mirror. It's obviously a public restroom, and he's just yelling, poppycock? <laughs> and he's repeating this, taken completely out of context. I'm like, where are we? What are we doing right now? So many moments like that in this film. So and, many great moments. Though. And then it leads up to, okay, well, this is what he does for his job, more or less. 
and he's getting paid pennies yeah, to perform. No, no one's paying him. How does he pay rent? But he also, he's probably on disability, but he drives a scooter around, so he's got a license. And then as a street performer, he's being hassled to pickpocket people. Which brings us to the character of Leah, though. I was wondering, is she, she basically photographs, she's she's a paparazzi, mm-hmm. paparazzo. Yeah. And she's also very nice to Moose. Maybe takes care of him in a lot of ways, looks out for him. I don't know if she helps him financially, but I think she I does. But it's like could that could should have been a sister or something. Maybe, and it was just never set up. But she's the one that's narrating this story, and which is another thing. Like what is? I mean, we're led to believe that this story is told from her perspective, looking in, but we are only seeing her character maybe like. 10 minutes out of this entire film at most, not only with the voiceover, but with Moose talking to her and hanging out with her. Did you ever think at any point they were going to start smashing? Yes. I did too. That whenever she went into, I think the first time she went in, I thought they was going to be handled so subtly that they were just going to like get undressed and then that's it. <laughs> I, it's just like, there's so many moments in this movie. I'm like, I don't know what to expect next. I was... No joke, I've not felt like this in a long time. I was sitting on the edge of my seat most of the time wondering, what's next? I agree. I had anxiety watching it because <laughs> I couldn't figure One, I was nervous. Like, should I be entertained by this? And two, yeah. <laughs> two, I was just, it was edge of your seat entertainment. So I think Travolta, I'm going to argue that he's incredible in this. I also think it's competently made. That, as I said at the very beginning, it looks great. We talked about the cinematography before. It's done by Conrad Hall, who is the son mm-hmm. of Conrad Hall. You can look him up. He's worked with David Fincher a lot. We know that Fred Durst Ooh. is a protege of David Fincher. He's rising up. I don't think this movie is badly made. No. I mean, honestly, it's just, I think if, I honestly think if Travolta was a little more subdued, and again, this movie doesn't offer anything new on the subject. Or the story. But if he wasn't so wacky, I think people would like this more. I would argue, I wonder if a film like this would be really interesting if it were taken from the perspective of we've got this fanatic and it turns out that John Travolta is obsessing over this person and maybe he does have some kind of like, I don't know, he's been in an accident and he is actually thinking about himself and he's obsessing, trying to make himself better because he's a street performer. I don't know. There are a lot of different directions that you could go with a story like this and make it different. And at the same time, I, I will say that with Travolta's performance, he goes out there. But this is, once again, I really wonder if he, Travolta said, hey, Fred, I want to do this. And Fred's like, all right, let's see it. They shot it like that looks great. But they got so far into this with shooting, Fred's like, well, crap, this doesn't look so great. This seems way over the top. And he did not rein Travolta in. He just let him go for it. And I it think just... they knew from the get-go. They were like, let's go for it. <laughs> well, it's clear. Maybe, yeah. I, the other thing, too, that I, just on a story level, is Moose is obsessed with Devin Sawa. Or Hunter Dunbar, played by Devin Sawa. Yeah, we're going, Devin, we're talking about you. It's okay. Hunter Dummy Bar? And Hunter, I don't, he's kind of a dickhead in this. <laughs> because what sets Moose off is he, he's obsessed with Hunter. He goes to get his autograph, and the, the thing is cut short when he's next in line. So he approaches Hunter, like in a back alley, 
And Hunter threatens to punch him in the face. He's accosted and threatened. He's very rude. And it starts this chain of events of, I have to get what I was promised. But Hunter's such a dickhead in this that it's... He's awful. It's who do you root for in this? Because Moose yeah. is kind of strange. Well, he's also... And he's obsessive and he's doing all this bad stuff. But Hunter's also... He kind of got it coming. Yeah. And later in the film, you're kind of left wondering, who do I root for? Do I want this guy to, like, get stabbed by Jason Fred? Or do I want uh, another character to be blown to bits by someone getting revenge? I mean, at one point, Moose commits murder. He (laughs) commits... Don't forget, he he kills the housekeeper. Which... We're left up in the air. It's second-degree murder. Don't get me wrong. He still kills her, though. <laughs> and apparently, Sawa is the one who is taken in for that because the maid's just missing, and the cops show up, and up oh, there's well, a dead body. We'll get into that. I, I would <laughs> just. So the best thing about it for me is is Moose. I just think yes. about the depths that Johnny T had to travel to inside of his own soul to pull off this role. Very deep. Th- Basically going to the uh, – digging into the center of the earth and then coming out the other side. I would say we've never seen this from John Travolta before. Is he your – do you think he's the best thing about this movie? Ooh. Right? It's got to I be. mean, if I go back and rewatch this movie – He's the most memorable thing. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Honestly, I'm just it's, trying. it's a master class in acting. It's just I don't get it. There are so many things that when you don't understand something, you're more drawn to it, Right. And in this case, there are a lot of things I don't understand, and I would have to say this may be the modern day The Room. <laughs> yeah. The problem is no one's talking about it. And it's sad. And The Room, that's that started because people were obsessed with it. Though that took off a little afterwards. True. So I wonder if this will so take some possible. time. it's possible. We might be starting it. I just want to <laughs> throw out a couple names to you, okay? Yes. Hear me out. Indiana Jones. Ellen Ripley. Okay. John McClane. Frodo Baggins and Sarah Connor. Okay. Some of the greatest movie characters of all time. Yeah. Question. Is it safe to officially add Moose to this pantheon? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it'd be foolish not to. But we have to add Moose whenever he only has one eye. <laughs> I love the behind the scenes videos or the behind the scenes. You hear that? It's a Limp Biscuit song. That means we're doing a little trivia. I love me some biscuit. What is John Travolta's last big box office movie? Oh, wow. Think about this. Last big box office movie has to be... And it's not even that big of a hit, but I'm going to count it. Wild Hogs? I'm going to say 2007's Hairspray made $202 million worldwide. Okay. And he dressed up in drag for that. I I wonder, that was around Wild Hogs time, right? Wild Hogs, yeah. I think that was Wild Hogs. Did they do two of those? One. It was only only one. They only did one? They released Old Dogs with... uh, Robin Williams? Yes. And that came out like a few years later. Had nothing to do with Wild Hogs, though. Sadly. Do you have any more amazing stuff you want to add? I'm trying to think if I like the music. I think the music was okay, the film score. I honestly wonder if they should have done away with it and just did all Limp Biscuit. Well, that's a genuine question I have. 
Is it a mistake that Limp Bizkit didn't do the like a song for this movie? They did they one should, for Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. They should have scored it all. I recently went back and rewatched Maximum Overdrive, and ACDC provides some original licks to that film. Limp Bizkit should have done the same for this. I'm just wondering if he's trying to do... Well, I was going to say he's Fred Durst is doing Separation of Church and State, but at one point in the movie, like you said... Hunter Dunbar plays Limp Biscuit for his child, for his son. You okay with some music? You like a little Limp Biscuit? Sure. You like a little Biscuit? Yeah. Yeah? Some lounge? I used to listen to this back in the day. This is hot. Oh my God, that is nice. That is nice. That scene is incredible. I have to say, and it it goes on for probably a minute. <laughs> they listen to that song for like thirty seconds. They're just jamming out in the car. Weirdly, uh, a Limp Bizkit song I did not recognize. I did it was not. Probably yeah. from like Gold Cobra or something. I know the name of the song now. What is it? The Truth. That, that must be one of their new jams. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what it is. But he said, Dunbar said something along the lines of, "This is a sizzler." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got more. Let's do. Can I ask you a couple more questions? Yeah, I'm ready. What do you think Moose's mouth smells like? He looks like a guy that would have really rank breath. Uh, yeah, we're never. It's I, I, I bet he has coffee breath, but we don't see him drink coffee. Hmm. I would say that it's more along the lines of like Cheetos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> I had that on my breath today. Oh. I don't. I don't know if I like that. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to decide because. I'm thinking of what he would eat. We never see we him eat. We don't see eat. him eat, but he doesn't look in shape. No, and he's... Do you think he cuts his own hair? Yes. Yeah, I do too. Or Leah does, the mm-hmm. paparazzi, but I feel like he's the one who is cutting it. What's weird is he's got all this memorabilia and a nice place to live in the, L.A. The place is nice. At one point, he, he buys a, a Hunter Dunbar vest that he wore <laughs> in a film. And he gets a deal. I think it's three hundred bucks. And he's easily, he's he easily talks and uh, gets this guy down on the price. But he's got all that memorabilia though that I think he never actually really pays for because I thought the guy kind of implies that he owes him a lot of money. Yeah. Well, he said something along the lines of it's three hundred bucks. Pay me by the end of the year. It's weird. There's characters in this movie that really look out for Moose, and there's characters that are just really vicious. And are just mean to a handicapped guy. I'm by no means trying to make fun of anyone with a disability because that'd be the last thing I'd want to do. But I seriously just want to know where is Dirt's and Travolta's head in creating Moose? Like, what is going on with this character? What are his motives? I just want inside of the brain of Moose and more specifically what they were thinking in creating this character. I don't know. There's just so many questions about Moose and what's happening there. I got two more questions. I'm ready. How satisfying is the ending? Because this has basically no ending. It sets it up for a sequel, I'll say that much. Hunter Dunbar, what happens is Moose breaks into his house, kills the housekeeper. Some stuff happens. Moose goes is let, let free. <laughs> An injured Moose is wa- able to just walk out of Hunter's house. And Hunter gets arrested for murder. And that's, I wonder if... I kind of hated the ending. I, I honestly wonder if there will be a sequel that Freddie D's working on and it's going to be a revenge and it's the fanatic and it's like revenge or something where Hunter's the one tracking down Moose. But he let him go. But and he's in prison. But now he's in prison or whatever. So if he gets why would out. He be, 
Why would he be? He couldn't ever be charged. There's nothing to insinuate that he did it. Yeah, I don't know, and that's just the thing. He maybe would be he out in two days. Maybe he gets off and he goes looking for moose. And my second question was, would you want a sequel? And my 100 percent yes. Yeah, I'd uh, rather have this than four Avatar sequels. This sounds weird. I'm gonna buy this movie. No, I agree. I hope it's. I don't think it'll be on 4K, but it's. It warrants it. I will buy this movie multiple times. We need to help out the. If I'm serious, please stop what you're doing if you haven't paid to see this and go help them out. What? So because you and I have attributed for eighteen dollars. <laughs> so there, there of the, the thirty two hundred <laughs> box office take. There is for the room and the viewings of those moments that the audience will end up like throwing spoons at the screen and stuff like that. That's a lot of cleanup for the uh, yeah the, the theater crew. Is there anything you can think of for this film that would make for a great viewing like that where they throw something at the screen or maybe they yell or are they like pulling on each other's ears or what do you think? <laughs> They're smelling their fingers a lot. Because that's one of his tics. A lot of people would be rocking in their chair. I just like what would happen? Would they end up... This know. is why it warrants a rewatch because it's just there's so many things that I was so stunned by what I was watching that I feel like I missed a lot. I just want to know what was going on inside of inside of Freddy's head and I how like, Travolta yeah. is like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. Maybe he like maybe Fred is like an actually a really cool dude. And he was like, Yeah, I'll work with you. Why not? I get paid probably <laughs> I don't know how much he got paid. Let's say he got paid a million dollars to basically act like an idiot. What would you do that if? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to lose. I got no career. YouTube moments. This is an easy one for me. Oh, yes. At one point, Hunter Dunbar is tied up in bed after Moose breaks into his home and drugs him. And Dunbar opens up his eyes and he sees Moose lying on the floor, blood all around him, and then come to realize Moose is just playing a practical joke. <laughs> we learned that Moose is a genuine, a genuine master prankster. Just a jokester. And I love Devin, and he <laughs> wakes up, and he just immediately starts yelling, you idiot, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> it's one of the strongest performances, Dawa, Sawa. It's one of uh, Sawa's strongest performances in probably 10 years. <laughs> I'm probably JT's because he pops up and starts laughing, and he goes in and gets a Jason mask and <laughs> pretends to stab him. <laughs> that scene is incredible. Wait, 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 hey, listen to me, listen to me. Wait, 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 wait! I fooled Hunter Dunbar. I fooled Hunter Dunbar. I'm, I'm such a good actor. I have to say that that's probably my favorite scene of any film this year. You said you legit watched it probably 10 times. I went back and I was laughing like I am now and I could not stop. It had from the point of because in this movie we get three drawings and that kind of sets up the acts of each we need some, I feel film. like we need a little text on there. I would love for a graphic novel of Moose. I love the illustrations. But if right before that scene, we end up getting that drawing of Moose, and he's lying down in blood. And I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be the death of Moose. I was really w- worried about it. And then it cuts to Sawa waking up, tied up in bed, and then it cuts to... Moose lying in his own blood. I'm like, what happened? 
happened? It made me really sad and confused. And then he was joking. And then from that point, all the way to the Jason stabbing, and he just starts laughing. And we realize it's, it's all, not. It's like he doesn't understand what he's doing because <laughs> he's so slow. Well, or with the fact that maybe he's just, is he like a demented guy? I don't know. No, like, we I just don't know. I think he has head trauma. Yeah. I think that's the, the way to look at it is at some point something happened and he maybe got kicked, I don't know, kicked by a horse. Well, maybe it was survived. on, was it on the moped? We see so many scenes of him on the moped. Was he hit by I a bus I want to know about his family life. Does he have a mom and dad still? Siblings? It's, There's so much to explore with this character that I feel like we've only scratched the surface. I really wonder what if he has a son or Jeez, a child? He should not be having sex. <laughs> so, your YouTube moment's the same as mine? Yes, absolutely. It's a freaking masterpiece. That, that scene alone is, that whole prank gag is... I've always wanted to do that to somebody. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be hilarious? It would. I think it would be downright amazing. It's just short of me going, hey, just got a phone call. Your mom and dad are dead. And could, I just walk away giggling. Well, could you imagine, though, like someone... Would you do the tie, like tying yourself up in bed or tying someone else up in bed and then they wake up and see that it looks like you're bleeding out? Yeah, I think it would be funny. Because <laughs> then they're like, I'm trapped. Oh, man, it's just, it's a true Gerald's it's game. An, it's an incredible scene. And again, it's a scene that I couldn't believe what I was watching. The entire film's that. I just, and even now talking about it, I feel like it was a, just a wild fever dream. I want to. I want to watch it again, which kind of brings up the overall grade and rewatchability. This is incredibly rewatchable for me. Yes, it is for me too. It's just if there was one way to describe it, it's just endlessly fascinating. Earlier, talking about JT's performance and talking about whether or not this film is worthy of the score that it deserves. This is on a whole nother level. And I think where like Stranger Things, there's the upside down. There's this movie kind of exists in that in, in that world. Well, thankfully, it's in our world, though. And I have to say, this film is near the top of that of great in the upside down. So what are you what are you going to give it overall grade? Oh, man, I'm going with my heart, not my head. Just being honest. What's that? It's a B plus. Man, I honestly just on pure entertainment alone. Just entertainment, it's 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 probably like, an like a. a yeah. And I'm not getting it down to B plus because I don't want to. I want to hear it from anybody. I, you, you don't know what you what you're <laughs> missing basically until you sit and watch this movie, and it it will seriously change your perspective on life. Just plain plain entertainment value. This is something that is a must see. It really is. What are you giving it? I'm giving it an A. <laughs> I'll say an A minus. Fine, I'll give it an A minus too. Why don't we just give it A's? It passes the quality check. Yes. A barrier. It's deserving of that. And I, I 100% serious, I would love to watch it again. This would be an incredible movie with a really, like a full crowd of people. Yes, actually. That are, know what they're watching and are going to have a good time. And that's the thing, like, I just don't, I'm, I would love love for Fred to release almost an explainer because then it would end up answering a lot of questions. And like, for example, if there was something about Moose that was revealed in terms of his life and backstory that 
brings it's, that sheds light, it will make me it, feel better. You could do it so easily because we have a narrator. Yeah, it's one line of dialogue. Say he he was finally got hit in the head by a horse. If, he fell off his moped. If something something where it shows that maybe that's whenever he is like crossing barriers because then we see him going into Sawa's home like it's no big deal. Speaking, I just realized Devin is gone. <gasps> what? So we need to. We got to wrap it up. He's gone. Well, let's hope he doesn't call the cops because we got <laughs> one more thing we got to do. And this is the Quality Check exclusive. This is a brand new game. Again, we do a lot of games. You're going to hear a lot of our games mimicked on other podcasts, but Ooh. we are the originals. Do not forget that, folks. Ooh. Sitting in front of me, what? I don't know. Listeners, can you tell what this is? That is a crisp $50 bill that one of our friends and a listener gave us because they, they had an idea for a game. I can still smell that. So you and I are actually playing for this $50 bill. Ooh. It's the box office guess game. I don't know. I just came up with that. <laughs> but you and I are going to guess the top five. The new movies out this weekend are Ad Astra, Rambo, Last Blood, and Downton Abbey. I'm ready for some DA. You and I are going to roll dice. Instead of doing two, we're going we're gonna to roll three. We're upping. We're upping it a little bit. And that just determines who goes first, though I already have mine locked in. It really doesn't matter. I do, too. But the point is... But I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Hypothetically, if I put Avengers Endgame at number one and it gets number one, I get a point. You want it, you want it in the exact spot that it lands. It doesn't have to be correct all the way through. I'm going to roll first. Okay. This will determine who goes first. Out of 18, you 12. have 12. I think I nailed it. I'm going to want you to go first. Here we go. Nailed it. Oh. 11. 11. All right, I want you to go first. Now. Mine are locked in no matter what. It won't change, but you start at the bottom and move up. Here we go. And you said you you also predicted how much it'll make. I didn't do that. Yeah. And there's the reason why I did that is because there are two that are vying for one and two, and I think it's going to be so close. And I looked on it whenever it was in the box office, and it did the same thing with the last Kingsman film. And it was literally just a few hundred dollars away from one overtaking the other. So here we go. Here we go. Starting at the bottom, I've got Downton Abbey. Okay. And that's at $10 Number four, Ad Astra. Whoa! With fifteen million. Wow! I'm predicting Hustlers at number three. You have Ad Astra as a stink fest. I I really I don't think audiences will mm. respond to this. Now here before I continue, you and I are way different. I'm just going to say that I have not seen a lot of marketing for this. You say that you've been seeing a lot during football games. I've seen a lot. I have not seen any online. I've also seen ads. a lot of Rambo previews, by the way, too. I've seen more. Yeah, I've seen a lot more Rambo. And I also think Rambo will not do great. It'll do okay. But it's going to, I don't even know if it'll break even. But with Ad Astra, I also have not heard a lot of people talking about it. It's The buzz is very muted. I think that... The reviews are good. The reviews are great. But look at the last... What what was it? The last great space film that we received. It wasn't Arrival, 
but I would say Interstellar, which is what I was hoping this would be. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait for this. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this, but I just think that the audiences will not respond to it. So Hustlers will come in at number 18, and the reason why I think wait, or, number I'm 18? sorry, <laughs> number what? three with 18 million. It fell from number two to 18. 18. Hustlers will be number three at 18 million. Here's the reason. That's getting a lot of good buzz. I also think it's counter-programming where it's filled with guys, all of these movies, it's guys except for at Downton Abbey, and people are just loving J-Lo. So I think that will just be bumped from two to third place next, this upcoming weekend. Sitting at number two, this is going to be neck and neck. I'm going with Rambo Last mm. Blood in the second place with $20 million and just a few hundred, maybe thousand dollars away, we've got It Chapter 2 coming in at number one. I can't tell you how wrong you are. Ooh, I'm ready for yours. Number five, I have Rambo Last Blood. Oh. It's going to be a tank fest. Do you, so do you think 20 mil? Or is it going No, to I'm thinking 10 15? to 15. Oh, wow. I'll say 12 to 15. I got my ticket. I'm ready to go. Well, I know the last Rambo... And this is not adjust, adjusted for inflation. It was about $46 million And it, I think in opening weekend, it was like $15 mil or something It opened like modestly. Yeah. I just worry that it's been so long. And it's like, do people care? I care. I love Stallone. I know you yeah. care. I I think that... My dad might care, but he's not going to see this in theaters. So I have, a, I have Rambo number five. That's a problem. I think all these new movies, people just don't really care that much. Numero four, Downton Abbey. I'm thinking, again, around the 15 mil. Number three, I have It Chapter 2 moving Ooh. all the way to third place. So about 15? Uh, it'll be 20. No, I'll say about 17 or 18. It's the third week of release. It's got, But it's got to make 20. Because 50, half of what it made this past weekend was... Fine. It can make $20 million. Oh. Number two, I almost put this as number one, but I put Hustlers. Okay. It will still perform I think perform that's well. going to have pretty lengthy legs. Yeah. My girlfriend... Oops, sorry. Fiance really wants to see that. I think it looks great. We're going to go maybe this weekend. Got a lot to see. Number one, I think Ad Astra is going to pull in 20 to 25. Wow. I think people are intrigued. And it's got B. Pitt, Springfield native. I mean, I love me some Brad Pitt. And apparently his performance is just really great. But I really think that with him making the rounds, it's so close to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A lot of people are going to either. But that would help it out. It would, but I also wonder if a lot of people are I, kind of still on the fence about that. I'm glad you picked it because I got a I got a crisp fifty dollar bill right here. Fifty bucks, baby. So again, Rambo five, Downton Abbey number four, It Chapter two, number three, Hustlers number two, Ad Astra number one, and then you had <laughs> I had Downton Abbey. Hold yes. on, let me pull it up. Downton Abbey, Ad Astra, Hustlers, Rambo Last Blood, It Chapter 2. And I would love to see Rambo fight for number one. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it will. I think more people are interested in Rambo over Ad Astra. You know why? Main reason? This could be Stallone's last outing. As Rambo or just in life? Rambo. Oh! (laughs) Not not in life. He'll still be here, but... I would hope this is his last one. I showed you a picture of an interview I just watched... Recently, and he is very much showing his age, body-wise. There's no, still no reviews in for Rambo. Which is not a good sign. Not a good sign, but I also wonder if it's building up to that in terms of just... Bef- and I've also heard that the buzz, the online buzz, is more favorable for Last Blood over at Astra. In that interview, he said, 
he is completely surprised by how well Last Blood turned out. And he said, I don't, again, he could, he, he's promoting a movie. He can say what he wants, but he said, I don't usually say that about my stuff. And he is pretty honest about his work. He called the second escape plan the worst thing he's ever done in his whole career. Very open about it. But Dave Batista. I don't know. I think, I think um, we got a lot of good options. I think Downton Abbey is kind of the one that I'm confused by. Just That could be number five. That could maybe not even be in the, I don't know. That's playing in a I lot think of will. theater, so it should do okay. I think there's a decent amount of buzz for it, but it's going to be a small... It, it will end up making exactly what they set out for it to make. But at the same time, it's very confusing that this is a theatrical release. Why not just like do a reunion on PBS? Well, they make big bucks, baby. Yeah, that's a good point, but... I know that my mom is really ready for it, and that's the only person I've heard that's ready for Downton Abbey. But I will say there is demand for that. People, there is buzz. I've heard none for Ad Astra, and sadly, I've heard none for Rambo Last Blood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I are excited for both, and we're going to cover one of those next week. I'd say why not cover all of them? I don't want to. <laughs> they're not as, I guarantee you, they're not going to be as fun as the Fanatic. But we are going to do Rambo Last Blood. I'm excited to return to them because I remember loving First Blood, but I've never seen the third film all the way through. Have you seen Rambo? Yes. John Rambo? Wait, what's the fourth one called again? Rambo. Just, just Rambo. Rambo, yeah. I saw that in college, and I remember, because I want to say that was released around the same time Iron Man came out. It was like May. It was a May release. And I really wasn't looking forward to it. Went to see it and had a lot of fun with it. I don't remember loving it. I remember enjoying it. I don't know if I would say loving it, but I remember having a lot of fun with that. I also think First Blood Part Two is the best one. It's one of my favorite Sly movies. That's what's coming up next for us. Until then, please, 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 we're begging you. Go. I don't... I want. I want you to give your money to... I don't even know who made the fanatic, but please give them your money. And if not, just find a way to watch this movie. You'll you'll enjoy. Just go in with a, an open mind. And if you wouldn't mind helping us track down Devin Sawa, because all we want is his autograph. Well, I don't want to get arrested for that. Watch out, watch out, here's Moosey.